0: The work of creative people, however marginalized they may be, is irrepressible. It cannot be denied. We talk with a documentarian and an academic who have collaborated on finding and telling their food stories. It's on tip of the tongue. to Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today with Sarah Fouts, Assistant Professor in American Studies at University of Maryland, Baltimore County. She has a forthcoming book on street food vendors and day laborers in post-Katrina New Orleans with UNC Press. And we're here with Fernando Lopez, local documentarian focusing on documenting black and brown life and culture in the Deep South. Welcome. Thank
1: you. Nice to be here.
0: So I know we've worked together here at the museum on a project. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So from 2022 to 2023, we were working on a project called Project Neutral Grounds at at the intersection of street food, food, people, and the hustle is the full title. And it was Fernando and I, along with Toya X. Lewis, working on the project. And we really, the idea was to help bring together different street food vendors of different levels and different experiences, but focusing on black and immigrant, black and brown street food vendors in the city.
2: Yeah, I think most of the focus was to highlight how the landscape has changed and reshaped since Katrina, and how not only immigrants from different parts of Latin America but from other parts of the world had influenced the local cuisine and also all these new trends of, you know, veganism and healthier eating. And yeah, like Fouts mentioned, we tried to make it highlighting these, you know, two very particular communities, which is immigrants and local New Orleans. And yeah, you know, we made it bilingual, making sure everybody had, you know, an opportunity of understanding you know, the, the the information that we were trying to convey.
0: And so what have you done with that material? Have you shown the documentaries? Have, what have you been doing?
2: Yeah, we had two events here. Uh-huh. Uh, well, when we're talking about uh, Prairie Neutral Grounds, we did have two events here in the museum where we are currently now. And then from there, another project came out with the Library of Congress and we made another two films.
1: With the same material, or did you no, do something else? No, so it us was about different.
2: That. Yeah, do you want to like, talk a, a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, well, I'll back up and do just kind of tell the stages of Project yeah. Neutral grounds because there was a, a pretty cool material that we used it for like the storytelling project. It two years also yeah. since we wrote
0: and, and also, how many people did you right. talk to? I think that's important to know, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, in total, we had 11 vendors, ranging from people who have brick-and-mortar restaurants now who started doing pop-ups and street food to people who still do pop-ups, to candy ladies, the black New Orleanian tradition of, of selling food in the neighborhood, to flea market vendors. So we had this kind of range of different people from different stages. And what we did was invite each vendor to the museum, to the demo kitchen to prepare a dish of their choice. So we did really great documentation of that process of them making the food. And then we ate, we shared the food, and that was meant to be material for these short bios and for the the, the short documentary that we completed. And we did that for each person, and then we did day-in-the-life kind of filming of each person where Fernando kind of traced the, the life of each of the, the food vendors, whether it's like waking up at 5 a.m., if you want to talk about that with the Eirdies. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was three elements for each participant. It was the cooking demo, which we shot here at the museum, sit-down interview, preferably at their homes, and those interviews were up to an hour, hour and a half. And then also the, the, the following them throughout one day, which was my favorite part. But yeah, we just wanted to show what, like, what it looks like to be a food vendor in New Orleans. And like as Sarah mentioned from like, people that have restaurants to people that have food trucks and go to the flea market. And you know. so it was a really broad, I guess, documentation of, of people. And, yeah, so I guess it was all based on, like, storytelling. And then we completed short film with the showing, like, a kind of a, like a snippet of everyone's story. And that's what we presented here at the museum.
0: And, yeah. and so then, at, what other projects have you, have you been working
1: on? Well, so two-part. One, with all that data, which I'm still working on, is to archive it with you all mm-hmm. at, at Nunez in the, the archives. With the, the museum, and then the second part, it was during one of the demos, we invited a, a colleague of my colleague and friend of mine, who is the folklorist at the Library of Congress with the American Folklife Center, Michelle Stefano, to come sit on a one of the demos, and then she invited us to do be part of the third of their Homegrown Foodway series, which is you know gave us funding, which we had funding from the Whiting Foundation to do Project Neutral Grounds. That's how we were able to do that project. And then she kind of pitched this idea to, to, that we produce a couple films for the Homegrown Foodways series. The first, the launch of Homegrown Foodways series was with, on West Virginia, which followed a couple, I think four people and their kind of story of different foodways traditions in West Virginia. The second one was set in New Jersey. And the third one, we, did, we pitched the idea to do, follow Yvonne Castillo, who is a Mexican food vi- restaurateur here in, in New Orleans, and then Jose Vargas and his family, who's based in Baltimore, to, to see how we could kind of tell the story of, of two cities and the story of, of these two restaurateurs. So we did, worked on those. We got, That was a really quick turnaround because we got the funding and then had a quick deadline. So we started filming here. It was Fernando and I and Andy Dahl, who is a lived lived here in New Orleans and then now lives in Baltimore and so the three of us he came to New Orleans and we shot at Yvonne's restaurant over a weekend and then after Mardi Gras last year and then in April of 2023 we went to we brought Fernando up to Baltimore and then shot with Jose Vargas and his family kind of did similar kind of storytelling and and then put the films together and then had the launch of those in November 2023. So a lot, a Quick.
0: lot. Yeah, that sounds exciting, though. So, wh- why did you pick New Orleans and Baltimore?
1: Well, for me, I'm a, a professor. I teach and researcher. My research is based in New Orleans, but I do teaching projects that are around food and restaurant tours in Baltimore. So it was kind of paralleling two projects that I was working on with Project Neutral Grounds, which was kind of the impetus for the the project, and then. It's like, well, you know, we're doing this project in, it's called Subor de Highland Town, so it's a neighborhood in Baltimore, and it was like, Jose Vargas' story would be great. It would be great to tell in parallel with, with Yvonne's story because they're both very different, yet very similar. And maybe Fernando can talk about that in just a second, but that's how we, like, that was really kind of the, how we did it. And it was in, great to bring Andy to New Orleans and then Fernando to Baltimore and kind of help shape these ideas. you want to talk about the what, ex- what should I mention? Well, <laughs> just like what it was like.
2: Well, it's always great to, I guess, hang out with a lot of people and make good food because <laughs> they always feed you. So I was thinking when we just thought that when we were watching the films, I was like, yeah, we ate all of that, <laughs> you know, every single dish. But no, it was a a great process. I think that although both had very similar stories, like, you know, the usual immigrant story of coming to the U.S. and trying to start your own business. But I think they showed two sides of what a family can look like. And I think to me that was like, yeah, the story was, we were telling the story, we were using the food as a vehicle, but, you know, being able to, just like show and document how people that sometimes you know don't have anything on their favor have to create their own opportunities and get ahead you know to, mm-hmm. to be able to get ahead and also how these their own personalities their own dreams and all of that mix with like the local culture and they they take it very serious and they become part of the, the city like with the Vargas family in Baltimore, like, everybody knows them. They're, like, kind of like royalty in the (laughs) Latino community, you know? Not in a, like, bad way, but, like, Uh people appreciate them. And when we did the launch of the films in Baltimore, like, Mariachi showed up. Or uh, uh, Vargas, uh, Mr. Vargas was like, oh, yeah, we're bringing Mariachi. I was like, wow, he's paying the Mariachi, right? And then later on, I was like, thank you for bringing the and He was like, no, they came by themselves because I've supported them throughout the years and they wanted to do this for me. And that just goes to show, like, the type of people that they, you know, like, they are in their communities. Yeah. And they're not, like, people that, like, are really, like, taunting about it or anything like yeah. that. And on the other side, Ivan is just, he's a force of nature. I, I, that's I think for me that's the best way to describe him as a person. And, you know, he's, he's a person that uses his food also as a vehicle to help so many people, like, throughout the years, without support from any institutions. Almost probably every queer immigrant kid that has gone through Louisiana has at least heard of him or talked to him or has benefited somehow of, like, the work that he's put down in the community. And it all is funded through his restaurant. Yeah. So these are the type of stories that we were able to document and now you know i think it's really cool also to see people just the whole process of going with ivan and his partner you know they've never been on a plane they never traveled before in the us and and just to see them like receiving you know so much f- love and their flowers it was a it was like a, a wholesome experience to even just like being able to witness that and being able to provide a platform for people like them you know
0: and so when did that um, get shown? When was that opened?
1: It was. No- it was November 9th. November ninth, twenty twenty three. So so very recently. very recently. Yeah,
2: but the the films are online. They're on YouTube. We definitely have to talk about a presentation in New Orleans because that was that was part of the the whole idea. But yeah.
0: So can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Do you think it might be possible for us to have something? here that's just permanently showing those films? You tell I've, us. Yeah, okay. I have to, I have to get your permission. <laughs> of course, we'll no, to, we would love yeah. to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, All right. so we'll yeah. talk about that we later. We <laughs>
2: so much material. It's almost like once we kind of wrapped up Neutral Grounds, at least, the mm-hmm. project, it was kind of overwhelming to realize how much like material and storytelling uh-huh. and, and visually, like, the, the interviews... That we have, so yeah, there's a lot to, yeah, to dig in
1: and when we we did so we in November ninth, we brought Fernando Yvonne, and Hilberto to Baltimore. immediately got crab cakes and seafood right to I give this uh, but yeah. I think it was something yeah. else. <laughs> and immediately, you know, kind of they had never been to they had never seen like the leaves turning, remember?
2: yeah, so it yeah, was yeah. like
1: all these first experiences for at least Yvonne. And brought him to the classroom, and you know, it was just great to, like, have. And Yvonne is someone who I've worked with since 2011. So he's, we've always worked with and been friends with. Like, we've always been close and in contact. So it was nice to be, like, here is, like, th- this, like. And I think we'll do more in the future, too. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think this is it, but it's a very nice, polished account of his life. But at the event, November 9th, we did... We had the mariachi band. We had food from Jose Vargas. We had over 200 people at the event at Creative Alliance in Baltimore that were, uh, probably 30 of them were the Vargas family, which <laughs> yeah, was, brought, yes. it was Everybody it was, was there. Yeah. And then Yvonne and Hilberto and we screened the two films, and then... Yvonne did a drag show performance. Oh, fun! Jaquita Lago Bardio, who's like a feminist icon diva from Mexico. Just incredible performance. So he did this great show and kind of really kind of brought the whole thing together, and then we yeah. did like a panel discussion. So it was just lovely all around. Like we hit all the different themes from the films with the food and the sound and the, the performance and then, you know, kind of the, the, the process. So it was, it was lovely. And we were definitely planning on something here. I think maybe over the summer, Andy Dahl just had a baby. Oh, so he had the baby. So we had to kind of not do it as quickly as we wanted to this spring, but I think in the summer we'll be able to... I don't. We don't want to do it without him able to come down. Of so, course. And yeah. he's the one with... He has a production company with his partner, Marissa, called Nutria Productions, which they do really great kind of editing. And, and we have original score on the on the film so it's like oh it's amazing yeah Yeah. with a very like limited budget but we've made a lot happen with help of UMBC and then Maryland State Arts Council so we had I'm trying to get all the sponsors in there just to make sure that to see how like big the the project was but so are you doing this just to
0: document is it people that you think are often not documented and not recognized or is it just just because you're just documenting what's happening, as opposed to looking at people who might not normally be documented. Just, I'm, I'm curious to know what the the end product in your mind is. You know what the mission of this is.
2: See in the food. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: that was a you, big part of it for yeah. me. I'll yeah. You. Yeah.
2: I don't know you. You're the professor. <laughs> when we just started, that I'll, I'll I
1: yeah I'll say my part. Okay, for me, I don't. Uh, this is an interesting question. I think it is kind of elevating or telling and supporting people who are doing amazing work that definitely don't get talked about. Immigrants who have helped sustain the city in ways, even though they get vilified in all these ways, so help to like be like, look, these are amazing stories and amazing people who are supporting, like going, you know, with their own resources, helping communities who are very much marginalized. And so I think with Yvonne, it's just like this amazing story and i think he works so hard and does such amazing community work with the lgbtq with the queer immigrant community that that just i think needs to be celebrated and he you know the places he has a restaurant in kenner he has a food stand in harvey and he's i think uh, for me what's fascinating is like he's really active in these suburban spaces in conservative areas with his drag shows and with his you know, and, but he navigates it well, and that's like... Because
0: everybody in New Orleans wants to eat good food.
1: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So it's been interesting. Yeah, I just think his whole process and, like, how he's... You know, when he when I met him in 2011, he was working as a chef in Norma's Bakery on Bienville in Mid-City, and then he had, before that, had worked in a bunch of different restaurants kind of back at house, always with the vision of having his own restaurant so he had kind of a footprint all over the city in this way that you know he migrated here in 2006 like in a way that not many people can navigate this place as well as he has and now he puts on these drag shows Miss Gay Latina I think is the big one in the suburbs but also in the city in the bywater he does a show at Domino like he he's really kind of cultivated a really powerful presence with nothing, with like no money, like with the money that he makes from selling tamales or tacos, which yeah. is just like pretty impressive.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean when Fouts and I met, it was, it was a different relationship. I think I was organizing. Fouts was still in school and was a volunteer with the organization I was working. So there was there's definitely like a social justice aspect. I would say that's mm-hmm. definitely there because. We're very intentional on trying to... I mean, it was a long process to even, like, pick 11, and we had to stop at 11 because we had so many people that we wanted to highlight, and then I... Like, I... I don't know, it's like you're always meeting people in New Orleans, and you're like, damn, you're amazing. I wish you could have been part of the project, but... So there's definitely the intention of wanting to highlight people that... It's not. It doesn't have to be a remarkable story. Although most of them, when you start asking about their dreams, and like everybody has a story, you know. Right. And the thing is that it's 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 a it's a wild ride sometimes with some people because like you know they 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 have a you you think you know them and then you start getting to know them better and you go into their homes and so it's a it's a it's it's very it's very fulfilling honestly to to do it as as a thing that it doesn't feel like, oh, we're really working, you know. But, yeah, I think it's it's definitely trying to tell a story. I mean, when was the 300th anniversary of New Orleans, like, in 2018? Mm -hmm. And I think there was a book and all of that. And, like, just, like, the the, whatever you want to call it, Latino immigrant aspect was just not present. And so it's not like, yeah, you know, we've... Like, we whenever we have the opportunity of get funding and be able to also compensate people for their time, for sharing their stories, because they're valuable, they're mm-hmm. very valuable, then, you know, if we, can, if we can do that, then, yeah. And, like, I guess since I, stopped, since I stopped organizing, we kind of focused more on, like, like the documentation of just, like, the life and of immigrants and how they, like, integrated to, like, the, the local culture and societies and because there also that there's a lot of misunderstanding between the local black you know population about like immigrants coming into the city and that was that's always a narrative that has been you know present for a long time so definitely trying to like that's why we made it bilingual so people have access to it and have the opportunity to listen to each other
0: hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And eating together is always a good thing. Food,
2: and that's the thing. Like, that's something that I at least, I mean, it's obvious, but you see it when you see it, that in organizing spaces, food was, like, it was so important to sit down and people are at ease and you're able to, like, you know, communicate more. It's crucial, you know, and I think part of the idea why the, project was born is because we used to have these Katrina anniversary parties where, you know, we had a bunch of people that were immigrant, like not only Spanish-only speakers, and then a lot of people from New Orleans. And, like, you will see the whole continent on a plate, you know. Yes. And just people trying to dance punta to brass music. So <laughs> it was just like the cultural, you know, even although most of the work that we did was political, like, those moments were, like, you know, where, where the bonding mm-hmm. uh, amongst community and, happens.
1: And, uh, yeah, and I think just to build onto that, like the what we're doing is col- now kind of shifted to doing cultural documentation work, but then you see elements of the political coming out of it too, which is like, yeah. before it was like political and then the cultural were kind of adjacent, but now it's like cultural and then oh yeah, when you Fernando produced the the short documentary for Project Neutral Grounds and you see these themes that People come together thinking about, you know, the criminalization of street food in the city, right? So you can kind of see how people who are immigrants and people who are black New Orleanians who are kind of facing similar kind of challenges with, within kind of getting legitimized in these different ways. So I think it's been interesting seeing how these themes come out without being, they're kind of inductive or emergent within kind of the process of doing the work. that Without
2: trying to force it to, like, yeah. oh, look, it's the same. It's like, no, people... Telling their own stories, their own testimonies, like, it, it just clicks. If you're listening, it just clicks on your head.
0: Right. And there's something about food, I think, that everybody has to eat one way or the other. And so if you can talk about food, especially good food, and you can ask people, how did you do this and what are the ingredients and all of that, you start to actually have something in common and then you can start talking about something else. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, it's I, I think this is just my personal opinion about New Orleans. I actually think in New Orleans, with food as the center, it's easier than in some places where people are less interested in food than we are and who are less appreciative of something different. Because I, I don't think that people in New Orleans are afraid of something new. So, like a different food than they're used to, and but in other places they'll say, well, I don't even want to try it because it's different than what I know, and so then right there they've created a barrier, and I don't think that we create the food barrier. We create other barriers, but we <laughs> but we don't create the food barrier here in the same way. So food is a good bridge.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- the the first event we had here at the museum. November 2022 was we tried not to curate the we had food available for folks and we had half of the vendors serving whatever dish that they wanted to to bring. At first, we were going to be really intentional about kind of pairing the the foods, but then it got too hard and just like not even a priority. It, they did not, I will say that it, they didn't go together. <laughs> but it was fine. Like, well, you have your, you know, stuff so stuffed yeah. green pepper, very New Orleans traditional with the shrimp and just beautiful. You had like a tomato ceviche, a vegan ceviche. Right,
2: right. From Indigo. From
1: Indigo. And then you had Yvonne and Hilberto's taquitos. So it's just like nothing made sense, but it did make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it tasted. It made
2: sense because of like that. That's the point of the project. Different people, they're not.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. they just do something similar, but it's not like the profession is similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I I think that's all great. So I want to ask you about
1: future projects too. What else are you working on?
2: Do you should. Where are you working Oh, <laughs> Well,
1: I, I do think we want to do a next iteration of Project Neutral Grounds, like a second cohort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that would be more intentional to just be street food vendors and not people who have restaurants, because it seemed like a little, it was too much of a disparity. disparity between who we were working with. So I think that's in the future, like grant writing for that project to do something again. For me, I have a, a, a book coming out in 2025 with UNC Press that really kind of is where I've been doing the core of this work. So a lot of these stories of Yvonne will, kind of, will come together. And a lot of the things that we've talked about with Fernando, it's kind of an ethnographic story kind of telling this history since Katrina. So oh. if
0: you're doing this book about street vendors, Is it, like, historical, bringing us up to the few, you know, from the past into what's up now, or is it just about what's going on now?
1: There's definitely some historical. It's set at the five different day labor corners that came, that emerged after Katrina as kind of work sites for people to pick up. And at each of these sites were food vendors Mm -hmm. because workers need to eat. And then other people started coming, and then some of those vendors became restaurants. Yeah, so,
0: and so many people who were in town had no kitchen, and so they needed to eat Yeah, so yeah. it's
1: like how important these vendors were selling tamales or having their trucks, bringing those in from Texas, how integral they were to the recovery efforts. They yeah.
2: yeah. were as important as the construction workers.
1: Yeah. Oh, say. absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's telling that story from these different vantage points that, from Gretna, so kind of a his, broader history of Gretna, and, and organizing with the group that Fernando talked about congress of day laborers and Stand with dignity so it tells us kind of concurrent story of food labor and immigration i also do research in honduras which is where the majority of the immigrant community is from so it kind of looks at the kind of broader history of banana trade between the two places to think about now what is what are people you know how what's the relationship between these two places so it's it is historical but it's mostly ethnographic but i do give contextualize some of the stories and Themes,
0: mm-hmm. and what are you working on? On myself. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I don't think
2: I'm thinking. I don't think I have anything crazy or long term uh-huh.
0: going
1: on. Okay. What do you do for? To- well, what's your usual photographer? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I do work with. I work with the African American Museum as a resident photographer, and I, I think I, this year, I, I don't know if you saw this new crew de bangra that they do, like, Bollywood. There's a bunch of, like, oh, a group
0: really? of Oh, and, uh, no, I'm not familiar with it, but folks, uh, now I need to know yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
2: it's Marching on Bohem, and also on Muses and Iris, I think. But really? last year, yeah, because they were, honestly, Huge, yeah. so, like, they were the hottest group. When mm. I'm talking, the hottest of, like, people, like... Have you heard that? Some Punjabi something? The one that mm-hmm. like, la,
0: la, la. Mm-hmm. People were
2: just losing their minds <laughs> as, as they were walking by. So this year is like bigger, a bunch of people signed up. So I'm excited about, I want to do a whole photo booth and try to do like a very glamorous, fun Mardi Gras carnival, I guess, Bollywood mixture of, and, you know. And so I'm excited about documenting these people. That's next week on the 26th. I love that. That's yeah, you should, you should come yeah. out for Baham. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you for being here. And we will talk more about setting up something that's like permanently on a loop that just shows things. And then thanks again. And we'll talk more next time there's a project to talk about.
1: Thank Amazing. you for having us. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue, a part of the Nitty Grits Network of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Subscribe to this and other food and drink related podcasts at southernfood.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to keep up with me, Liz Williams, you can subscribe to my Substack newsletter, also called Tip of the Tongue, for more information about this podcast, recipes, and just what is going on. I'm Liz Williams. Thanks for listening.